0: And if they have access to whatever they want to look at or feel that they can ask questions and and get answers and get honest answers, then they're going to be a lot more comfortable with, with the overall management of the city.
1: You're listening to the Baldwin Life Podcast, episode number 22. everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Baldwin Live podcast. This is the podcast that's produced from the city of Baldwin and for all of you, the residents of the city of Baldwin. For those of you who don't know, or maybe new listeners, my name is Kirsten Hostetler and I'm the director of marketing and communication here for the city of Baldwin. And today we're gonna dive deep into the topic of budgeting and financial preparations. Uh, We're actually bringing on Finance Officer Denise Keller today to talk about budget preparations for the calendar year 2019. Given that it's the end of the month of September, um, budget preparation is well underway. And we actually had the first um, budget meeting with the Board of Aldermen this week. So Denise is gonna join us on the podcast to talk about what goes into preparing the budget. She's gonna talk about some of the projects and investments that we are currently working on. And most importantly, you're going to hear her say, or actually you're going to hear lack thereof, you're not going to hear anything about two things today. The first is debt. She's going to talk about how the city actually has no debt at this point in time, and that's something that we're really proud of. And also she's going to mention that there is no property tax in the city of Baldwin, which is another big selling point and uh, something that we're really proud of here here in Baldwin. Um... Joining us on the podcast as well today is Director of Development Andy Hickson, who sits in to interview Denise and talk in depth about everything that goes into preparing um, a municipal budget the size of Baldwin's. So before we jump into it, I want to give everyone a reminder that the Parks Master Plan Open House is scheduled for this Thursday, September 27th. So if anyone is interested in participating in that planning project, this is a great opportunity for you to do so. So that's going to be held at the point from 530 to 730, and we would definitely encourage you all to get involved. Well, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring Denise onto the podcast. Hi, Denise, and welcome to the Ball in Life podcast. Thank you, Kirsten. We are excited to have you today to talk um, about really all things in the finance department here at the City of Baldwin, but most specifically about the budget as we approach budget season for the year 2019. But before we get into all of those fun numbers and details, um, why don't you tell us- Some pun intended. Some pun intended, yes. Um, Why don't you just give us a a little overview of who you are. Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. Um, My name is
0: Denise Keller. I serve as the uh, finance officer for the city. I've been here since 2012. Um, previously, I've worked for um, a uh, a privately-held business as well as a multinational corporation. Oh, cool.
2: Where'd you go to college at?
0: I went to college at Mizzou.
2: Nice. And the St. Louis question everybody asked, where'd you go to high school at?
0: I went to multiple high schools.
2: Oh, nice, because it kept getting kicked out, or it yeah, happened sad. sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Initially I went to McClure, and then I finished
1: at um, Parkway Central. How oh, fun. And outside of schooling and finance and government experience, what do you enjoy doing when you're not at work?
0: I like to do outdoors things, like camping and
1: backpacking
0: and canoeing.
1: And you're, pretty, you're a fitness enthusiast from, from what you're known around the office as well. A Little bit. Little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where's your favorite place to go camping at or hiking?
1: My favorite place? Oh, Philmont.
2: Okay.
1: Awesome. Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy schedule, especially this time of year. As we said, we are approaching budget season. So we really appreciate you taking the time to give Ballwin residents a glimpse about what you're working on this time of year and answer some questions that they might have about the process. Um, So why don't we start there? Can you kind of discuss the budget process, where we're at with the the timeline of things and what's coming down in the future? Sure. Um, Initially,
0: we we kind of start off budget season at the very beginning of August, and all the department heads um, begin putting together their departmental expenses. We try to have a full, Expense budget ready to present to the board at their second meeting during September. And earlier in the month, we present them with um, all the details surrounding employee compensation, which assumptions we're working with as far as insurance increases, any merit increases, and um, because employee expenses is the largest portion of our budget, it makes up about 66%
1: of our expenses and so since it's the end of September we have gone through that first process um, with the departmental expenses so what will be the next part the next part will be um,
0: focus on revenues at our next budget workshop on October 8th we will present revenues for the city Um, not just sales tax revenues and gross receipts taxes but also um, user fees from all our different recreational facilities, our golf course, etc.
2: Now, where do most of our revenues come from in the city of Baldwin?
0: The largest portion come from sales taxes.
2: Okay, and about how much is that?
0: 40%.
2: Okay, so over 50% comes from non-sales tax related? Yes. Funds, I guess? Yes. Oh, fine.
1: Yeah, that's something that I think uh, a lot of people don't realize, especially when when they hear that Baldwin has a 0% property tax, they assume that we rely solely on sales tax. Um, but I think it's important for our listeners to note that while yes, it is a big portion of our budget, we're not um, living and dying necessarily by the sales tax. Um, do you wanna talk a little bit more about, you mentioned like user fees for our recreation center. Um, what would be some other sources of revenue that we use that make up the remainder 60%? We have,
0: um We receive gross receipts taxes from utilities. We also have uh, license fees from business licenses and contractors. We receive fees from um, services that we perform for residents and businesses such as inspections um, and permit fees. We also get a very, very small portion of our revenues from court. Um, This year it was about 3%. So, pretty minimal compared to um, some other cities in the area.
2: And is that moving violations or just total violations?
0: Total. But our, our recreation revenues um, make up about 15% of our revenues for the city overall.
1: Awesome. Um, so, another thing that Baldwin has become pretty well known for is um, just our, I don't know what, how you want to say it exactly, our excellence in reporting with our finances. So can you talk about the awards that we've received in the last few years um, relative to finance?
0: Absolutely. There's um, an organization called the Government Finance Officers Association, and they are a, um, a national, actually an international entity, and they help promote um, good accounting practices and public entities can submit their budgets for review there's a very very long list of criteria that have to be met within the budget to ensure that it's a a thorough document um, both a a financial and communication and policy tool so um, the budget is much more comprehensive than strictly the numbers there's an organizational chart for the city overall, as well as each department. So a person could go to the budget and see exactly um, how many uh, parks laborers there are, exactly how many police officers, etc. Um, there are also stati- there's also statistical data in there that um, details a lot of demographic information for the city. There are performance measures that show how well we perform services, such as um, tree removal and tree trimming, or um, miles of sidewalks repaired or maintained. Um, Some of those are efficiency measures. Some of them are what they call workload measures. There's also financial policies. There are long-term, there's a long-term financial plan and um, strategic goals for the city, directives from the
1: Board of Aldermen. A lot of, a lot of information. So, generally speaking, what does the financial situation look like right now for the
2: city of Baldwin?
0: The city is in, in very good financial shape. We have a...
2: So we have money in the bank?
0: We do have money in the bank. Great. Um, so money in the bank is good for day-to-day cash flow but with a um, with city finances you also want to have a a good fund balance level Um, cities generally have a fund balance policy that dictates how much they should have our fund balance policy is to maintain 25 percent of our operating expenses in fund balance some people call it the rainy day fund Um, it's used in case there are emergencies that are maybe not covered under insurance, or if um, there's an unexpected downturn in revenues, having a fund balance can help a city um, maintain its current level of services until there's a economic upturn again and revenues are um, coming in at a more consistent level with what's, what's been expected.
2: Okay, uh, kind of going in a different direction. What's the difference between our general fund and our capital fund?
0: Our capital fund is reserved for projects in excess of $250,000. So those are typically major street construction projects for which um, we get federally matching funds. It also includes any um, major building projects For example, we're currently replacing the city hall, so funds for that come out of the the capital fund. The general fund is used for everything else except for um, certain special revenue sources that are required by law to be segregated separately. For example, our sewer lateral operation or um, our peace officers standards training fund. The acronym for that is the POST fund.
2: Okay. And do we get different funding or, you know, for every seven cents they we collect in sales tax, we just divide it up or are they dedicated? Is there dedicated funding sources for our capital fund and general fund or?
0: There are not. Okay. Typically what we do is we identify what our capital needs are. Um, these are generally if we had any debt the city currently does not have any debt but in times when we have had those debt payments would would be um paid out of the capital fund so we would identify any sort of um big commitments in the capital fund and allocate taxes to that fund to cover those expenses
2: okay and are we a accrual accounting system or a cash based accounting system?
0: We're cash basis throughout the year, we're accrual basis for our audit purpose.
2: Okay. And what's the difference between the two? Since we seem to use both?
0: Uh the difference is that we do not um make any accrual entries throughout the year, but we do during the course of the audit.
2: And how often how often is the city audited?
0: Once annually. Okay. So during that audit period, we would include um, revenues, sales tax revenues and certain other revenues for 60 days following the end of the calendar and fiscal year that were um, generated in the previous calendar year, but not received until later.
2: And we're uh, audited externally by a third party, right? correct Correct. and besides stating the obvious I mean why are we why are we audited every single year
0: it's a requirement by the state
2: okay just for good government financial practices and yes okay
1: so I would like to combine two things that you've mentioned so far already that I think are really important in and of themselves but when you combine them it's even more impressive so you said earlier that the city currently has no debt and you also said that we are currently building a new city hall. So can you please uh, elaborate a little bit about what that process has looked like to actually be able to build a building from the ground up without taking on any debt? Uh, And then I know that you were involved in kind of helping that construction process take place. Um, So could you talk a little bit about that whole experience in general and then what that means for the city to be able to pay for that in cash?
0: Our Board of Aldermen had the foresight several years ago to begin setting aside funds for the construction of the City Hall. And initially, they back in 2014, they um, passed an ordinance where we set aside a million dollars into a construction fund. Um, And each year, Any um, 50% of what we were contributing to fund balance at the end of the year would go into the construction fund and 50% would remain in the general fund. And so over the course of three years, we were able to put aside over $3 million that we've been um, able
1: to apply to the construction of the city hall. And um, so this actually came up at the most recent Board of alderman meeting talking about how the initial plan for that new City Hall building didn't include a new boardroom, um, just because of the added expense that it would be to add that on to the building. But can you talk about how we were able to not only add on the boardroom, but also continue to do it without taking on debt? We were very fortunate in
0: that our, um, when we put the project out to bid, It came in below the original estimate that we had expected and we were also fortunate to be in a position where we're expecting a budgetary surplus again this year so uh, between those two those two um, incidents it's fortunate those fortunate incidents (laughs) um, were able to absorb the additional cost of, of the boardroom.
1: Hey everybody, we're going to take a quick pause on this episode of the Ballin Life podcast for another word from our sponsor. Dr. Beth Barnes is here again with us today from Turning Point Chiropractic in Ballin. And so we'll go ahead and turn it over to you, Dr. Beth.
3: Thank you for that. So I want to title this um, Fall Flawless Immunity and the flu so fall flawless immunity and the flu um, in my office every year around this time of year a lot of people are coming to me and they're asking things like what can i do to keep myself and my family healthy throughout this flu and fall season so inevitably either you or one of your kids comes home with a bug and everybody in the house usually comes down with this, so it leads to kids being home from school, parents missing work because they're either taking care of kids or they're taking care of themselves. Um, it just ends up um, not uh, to be not a good situation for anybody in the house. So um, people are asking me all the time, "What can I do?" So um, you know, nobody likes to come down with the flu, but um, unfortunately, what we tend to do is we suppress a lot of the symptoms with over-the-counter medicines that. Can create a more harm than good. Um, so many formulas have. Basically, less than stellar results. Um, Dr. Norman um, Edelman, he is a medical doctor. He's a senior scientific advisor uh, at the American Lung Association. He says that we lack evidence actually that suppressants and expectorants help with coughing. So, we usually get something like the flu, and we're like, oh man, I've got this terrible fever. I've got this terrible cough. My nose is running like crazy. But little do you know, the fever is there to kill the flu virus or the flu bacteria. Um, the runny nose is there because all of the the sinuses and the mucus glands are um, protecting the rest of your internal system from getting more sick Um, and so then the cough is there because our lungs are actually expelling a lot of the sickness so our body you know that's where the flawless immunity comes in our body body is always working its best in every situation so Um, you know, the, just to, to hit on those things there, there's four things, um, your body has as a natural healing mechanism when you get sick, mucus. Coughing, sneezing, and fever. So mucus helps get rid of dead bacteria and viruses. Coughing helps move the infection out from your lungs. Sneezing clears the airways of harmful irritants and allergy-causing substances. And then fever is the body heating up to kill off the infection. If you think about this, when you're, you know, when you're growing up, um, if you're an adult listening to this, I think that's. Um, I think everybody can kind of think back when your mother would say, um, it's okay, this stove's going to get so hot or the oven's going to get so hot, it's going to kill anything anyways. So we laugh at that now, but our body does the same exact thing if we think about it. A fever is there and it's heating our body up to kill those things away. So taking cold remedies and other suppressive formulas that can inhibit our body's defense mechanisms so that it can't fight back and it might even prolong your cold or flu really isn't the best way to go. Um, But on the other hand, when you let, uh, you know, when you let uh, your body, you know, run its course and, um don't hear what I'm not saying. You know, there's a level that uh, the body gets to. The body won't ever go beyond um, beyond limits and it'll never damage its own body with its own mechanisms. Um, if you think about a fever, uh, the body's never going to heat up to a dangerous spot. Um, even kids, you know, there is, um, there are levels of fevers that are deemed safe. Um, fevers, um, although we kind of really start to You know freak out and get a little nervous when our kids get a fever but um, the body will never go beyond that danger zone typically. Um, Okay so there are five uh, ways or you know natural alternatives to medications that you can do this flu season to keep you and your family healthy and well. Uh, the first one is sleep well. Um, optimal sleep levels uh, support a healthy immune system, while sleep deprivation can actually compromise the immune system. I always tell people in my office and my friends and family and loved ones, you you've got to aim for seven to eight hours of quality, uninterrupted sleep nightly. If you're sick, additional sleep can strengthen your immune system too. So add an hour here or there. Add naps throughout the day. Number two is exercise consistently. I say this and a lot of people look at me like, that is the last thing that I want to do when I'm feeling unwell is get up and exercise. But hey, here's the thing is that movement, moving your body supports your immune system in such a great way. Uh, We're always looking for the best antioxidants. Uh, We're looking for it in food. We're looking for it in supplements. But um, what we're actually searching for is a way to get oxygen to our tissues better. And the best way to do that is to actually move to deliver oxygen. So exercise increases oxygen in your cells. It supports the immune system and helps the body actually fight off those viruses and bacteria that we come in contact with. Number three is take Epsom salt baths. Um, A hot bath actually soothes achy muscles when you're feeling unwell. If you add just a cup of Epsom salt to your bath, it's an excellent source of magnesium and it can actually strengthen the immune system because of that addition of that mineral to your bath water. Number four is minimize your stress levels. Um, This is a really tough one, but when we think about what stress does to our body, um, it lowers the immune system by increasing all of our stress hormones. So things like cortisol, go through the roof when we are in stressful situations what cortisol also does is it directly decreases our immune function so if you notice when people go through stressful situations um As soon as they get through that stressful situation, those people usually come down with something um, that has them laid up in bed for days. They're sick with something um, and it's because our body, our internal environment is just so off kilter when we're in stressful situations. Um, And then number five is visit your chiropractor. Now, I am a chiropractor and of course I'm going to say that, but here's why. Uh, one, um, one chiropractic adjustment, what it does is it elicits a change in that central nervous system, um, and that change directly affects every single organ system in the body in a positive way. So one chiropractic adjustment, science says, or science shows, actually boosts the immune system up to 200%. Um, it lowers hormones like cortisol, which keep you sick and are high during stressful situations. It actually helps the body detox itself from bacteria, viruses, um, other harmful substances that we come in contact with. It actually helps us sleep better. And then it also just helps us move better. So, um, visiting a chiropractor, um, on the regular During this flu season, this fall season is probably one of the best preventative things you could do to keep you and your family healthy during the season. In my house, uh, if somebody is not feeling well, the first thing we say is, hey, You better get adjusted, lay down, let Dr. Beth adjust you, or uh, let your sister adjust you, you know, for my family members or whatever it is. But um, if we start doing those five things, I really think that um, you and your family and loved ones are going to be able to make it through this flu season um, better than last year. And uh, so the first one, sleep well. Second, exercise consistently. Third, take up some salt baths. Four, minimize stress levels. And number five, get adjusted by your chiropractor. All right. I hope that you found some value and some new information and in what I was able to tell you. Uh, I am of Turning Point Chiropractic and uh, we love being a part of this town and this community and I look forward to seeing you guys at our events.
1: Thanks once again to Dr. Beth Barnes for being such a great sponsor. And with that, we'll get back to the interview.
2: What's your favorite thing about putting together the budget besides being done with it? <laughs> I mean, is there one thing you're like, heck yeah, this is what I'm looking forward to? Um, Pick, picking out the budget cover, so didn't that used to be a big deal?
0: It did. Um, one of the previous, or not one of the previous administrators, the, the previous administrator who had been here for 28 years, he liked to do comic budget covers with catchy little slogans on them. So one of the one of the last ones that he did was a picture of a tiger out in on safari, <laughs> and the the title of the budget was It's a Jungle Out There. So, unfortunately, since I've taken over designing the covers, they're not nearly so entertaining.
2: Well, that's not as much fun.
0: But the quality content is yes, all still But the still funds there. are better. <laughs> yes. S- since that time, the budget's been expanded a lot. Um, we've added all the all the elements that we needed to apply for the GFOA award the Excellence in Budgeting Award, and we've won that um,
1: three for three consecutive years now, and it's something that we're very, very proud mm-hmm. of. Absolutely, it's a, it is definitely a reflection upon the quality of work that your department does. So um, before we go any farther, thank you for that, and all the hard work that goes into the budget and the audit. I mean, things that you have to do every single year that are incredibly detailed and meticulous. So thank you for what you do. And everyone who's listening should also be very grateful for the work that Denise Mm -hmm. and her department put into that. Um, So one question that should always be asked when we're talking about government finance is um, transparency and what the city is doing to make sure that the residents and taxpayers who are funding all of the projects that we're working on are aware of what's going on. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of transparency and what residents have at their disposal for that?
0: transparency is um it's really critical because citizens need to feel that their government is not keeping secrets from them and if they have access to whatever they want to look at or feel that they can ask questions and and get answers and get honest answers then they're going to be a lot more comfortable with with the overall management of the city as well as a comfort level that they're getting good value for the tax dollars that they pay. Again, with our taxing structure, there is no property tax. If they shop within the city limits, then they're paying sales tax that goes towards Baldwin. Um, But they do pay um, utility tax on their utility Mm -hmm. bills. So all, all residents are contributing towards taxes, even if they don't shop in the area. Sure. But um, Baldwin is one
1: of the few cities that does not have a property tax. Mm-hmm. Just another reason why it's so great to live in Baldwin. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, can you go the ne- the next part of that Ooh. long-winded question was, what do residents have available to them to see those things? So each month we post our check register.
0: So if residents were interested, they can go and look and see um, what vendors were paying. There's um, like a department code or a general ledger code and description associated with it. So they have a vague idea of what what the expenditure is for as well as the dollar amount. So that's pretty much the the layout of a check register. So they can look and see at the pretty much lowest level, all the expenditures for Mm -hmm. the city on a monthly basis. We also put our budget out on the website as well as our audit report. And throughout the budgeting process, we hold um, workshops or presentations during the regular board meetings and the public is always welcome to attend those meetings as well as the public hearing for the budget. We try to put the draft of the budget out on the website as well about a week before the budget hearing to give citizens an opportunity to review it in total and um, provide any comments or come to the public hearing if they so wished and address the board with their comments.
1: Yeah, I think both of those are, or all three of them, I guess you mentioned three things, are are things that people should be aware of um, because like you said, it's it's very important for residents to, to feel that they can ask the questions they need to ask or to find the answers that they need to find. Um, our kind of our default line here at the city is we'll go to the website because everything that you could possibly have a question about is on our <laughs> website somewhere. Um, now granted with that much information sometimes it can be hard to find certain things so if you ever have questions we would definitely encourage people to get a hold of us but um, everything that you would need to know or, or want to find is, is certainly available um, for your review on our website. Um, another question that I had was when you're going to plan a budget or to prepare a budget, um, obviously there's a lot of considerations that you have to, to look at year, or, year to year, um, but one of them is making sure that you don't under-budget or over-budget. So my question would be about when it comes to budgeting conservatively, what are some things that we do as a city to prepare for, I guess, yeah, you could say prepare for the worst but expect the best or hope for the best? Um, what do what things are we doing in Baldwin for that?
0: So we budget more conservatively than than many other cities do with our revenues we estimate them lower than we we kind of estimate a bad year for revenues and with expenses we also kind of plan for a bad year a bad year would be defined as one where we have a lot of equipment breaking so we put a maybe a a high five-year average in for maintenance and repair work. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We also budget for full employment, which means that all of our positions are filled from January 1st through the December 31st. In reality, that never happens. Mm -hmm. There's always staff turnover. People retire or they change jobs. Mm -hmm. And there's often, a fair amount of time in between when that person leaves and their replacement is hired and we save money during that period but we budget as if we have full employment um, this is true also for the um, part-time staff we have outdoor operations we have the outside uh swimming pool the north point aquatic center and we also have the golf course and when it rains they're mm-hmm. not outside working you know we close down the pool when it rains and so we don't pay the lifeguards when they're not working and we we save money when that happens but we budget as if we have beautiful sunny skies Mm -hmm. all year long
1: and that way we're even though that sounds kind of funny we're preparing for the worst right no that makes total sense and I think that's a a good way to do it because like you said it might be almost impossible but on the off chance that it would happen then we're prepared for that for that event um, anything else that you want to add in there?
2: Not that I can think of. I mean you're okay. doing a great job, Denise. Both on the podcast and with the budget. So
1: Yeah. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> so
2: Denise did cut what a hundred and what, thirty million dollars out of my budget because there was a typo. So <laughs> I did. overnight I, I took that personal.
0: He he was a real hero. Yes.
1: That's a that's a good find. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sacrificing all those budget funds
2: Exactly.
0: for yeah, the
1: sake it. of the, the city, mm-hmm. the greater good. Got a gold mine in Baldwin, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my last wrap-up question is sort of about what's to come in the future for the the remainder of the budget season. So what can our listeners expect to see coming in the future, and when will the budget be finalized for the 2019 calendar year?
0: Our uh, our next budget presentation will be about revenues. That's at the October eighth meeting. I think I may have mentioned that earlier in the podcast. We'll be presenting. Um, All the other funds, the special revenue funds like um, sewer lateral and some funds that are associated with the TIF bonds that the city is steward of, um, those will be presented at the second meeting in October. And then uh, there'll be, if anyone were interested about the capital budget, the details of it, There is a presentation at the planning and zoning meeting in December, which is usually the first Monday.
2: It's always the first Monday, yes. Yes, yes. Barring no holiday.
0: Usually and always the first Monday (laughs) of December. And then the second Monday in December is when we have the public hearing for the budget at the board meeting. And um, assuming that those public comments don't sway their opinions, they generally vote to approve it.
1: Sounds good. Um, Actually, that brought up another question based on what you said there. So if we are adopting the budget kind of at the end of the year, essentially before the start of the new year, um, we're working on two big projects right now at the city of Baldwin, the comprehensive plan and the parks master plan. Um, I think the parks plan might be wrapping up at the end of the year, but I know the comprehensive plan won't wrap up until the beginning of next year. So given that timeline, or how are we investing funds in those planning initiatives if we're finalizing the budget before these plans are finalized?
0: We decided that we would not plan much in the way of new projects in 2019 because we felt we needed to wait for the results of these two planning initiatives. So um, we do have um, some small amounts in the capital budget to fund some uh, preliminary design work for um, reworking the public works yard. That yard is shared with the parks department and they have a lot of equipment and a lot of um, buildings with bays where they do repair work on machinery and, and maintenance and so forth. And it's, it's gotten very congested and I think it's the original layout for the yard from um, quite a while ago sure and it's it's in need of modernization so we do have funds planned for design of that and um, the parks the parks budget we really didn't plan anything for next year because we want to wait and see what the what the parks master plan
1: tells us that the residents want so does that mean we didn't plan anything for 2019 so we won't be making any We won't start anything in 2019, or is that just meaning we didn't say anything specific for 2019, but we have funds set aside for the results of that? It means that we won't start anything in 2019. Okay, so it would be something that we would take into consideration as we prepare the 2020 budget. Exactly. Got it. Awesome. Well, those are all the questions that I had. Um, Is there anything that you really wanted to make sure that we touched on today that we haven't gotten to yet?
0: Um. I would encourage people if they've never looked at the budget to, uh, to get out on the website and take a look at it. If you're not accustomed to reading municipal budgets, there's a nice little compressed section in the middle called the budget message, which has all the highlights and it's shorter. It has some nice pictures and charts and things and it could um, it could give the reader just a nice little snapshot of the budget without having to invest a lot of time or have much background knowledge. Sure.
1: No, that's a, that's a good point. I'll make sure that we link up to the full budget from last year. Um, and then obviously we can update the notes, um, when this year's is finalized and to the, the budget message that you mentioned here, I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes for anyone who's interested. So you won't have to go digging around on the website. You'll just be able to click to it, um, right here from this episode. But if there's, Nothing else to add. We'll go ahead and, and wrap up this edition of the Ball and Life podcast. Again, we really appreciate appreciate you coming on in this uh, bu- busy season of, of planning. So, thanks, Denise. You're welcome. Well, that just about wraps up episode number 22 of the Ballwin Life podcast. Once again, a big thank you to Denise for taking time out of her schedule to break down the budget for us. And thanks to all of our listeners who stuck around to the end of this conversation with our finance officer. Um, it's an important topic that we need to make sure our residents are well informed about. So we appreciate you guys um, taking that seriously and hearing what Denise had to share today. As always, you can find show notes on our website at www.balwin.mo.us for Forward slash podcast. And we'll have um, links of information on where to see the budget and where to learn more about what's going on in the finance department as well. So be sure to check that out. And while you're thinking about it, don't forget to leave a rating or review for us wherever you're listening to this podcast. We would sure appreciate your feedback. Um, or you can just email the podcast team directly. And again, I'll list my email in the show notes for today's episode. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode, and as always, and until next time, continue to enjoy the Baldwin life.